0: creating cosmos out of chaos. Well, it's so special to be able to, to sit here with you and all these puppies, especially the fact that the plaque has finally been erected.
1: We've s- so waited for this moment. <laughs> it's been such a
0: Jenny. such a
1: blessing. But mm. we've waited for it so long. <laughs> I wanted to see the names and,
2: yeah.
1: and have them here and know that they're already part of our history, yeah. not just... Family's history. Yes. Yeah. Very special. Very and here
0: we special. are also sitting in the clinic itself. <laughs> the yeah. reality. The reality of it. A year and a half ago, this was a dream, and now here we are. And it's so beautiful. And It
3: yeah.
1: happened. You made it happen. So thank you.
3: It's, thank
2: you. Yeah, thank
3: you. Honestly. And to be, to, it's just so fitting, I think, to, to shoot this episode here in this podcast inside the glass house, the glass (laughs) clinic, we'll talk about that in a minute, Um, that um, the memory of so many dogs uh, helped build. So we ran a campaign um, that we started right before Xavier was born. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And it was called in honor of, and it was in honor of Prince because we felt like before, we knew in our hearts that before Xavier came into our life that we needed to do something to honor Prince who had just passed away. Um, and it was a long battle he had and um, it was so amazing to see our community get behind it and everyone who donated over a certain twenty dollars got their name on a plaque.
0: Well we wanted to include other people Mm -hmm. um, into this campaign because we didn't want it just to be oh we're building in honor of one dog because everybody felt the love and the the pain of losing an animal so this represents not just our love for Prince but Thousands of people that came together and, and showed their love and support for what you do here, Leah, in honor of their animals and their loved ones.
3: So it wasn't just in honor of Prince, it was in honor of every life lost for those who donated. Yes. And they all came together as an angelic family.
1: Such a beautiful moment, such a beautiful idea, such a beautiful manifestation. Mm-hmm. It's, it really is... In honor of them, yes. but it is such an honor for us to be able to part, be part of the, their history. That's Aww. a little baby. Here comes a
3: puppy. Your friend, <laughs> my friend, he's
0: been with me all morning today. Just follow me around. You remember again. I lost you for a second. So where did
3: you go? We just and got puppy bombed.
2: are <laughs> dogs everywhere. Yeah. <laughs>
3: you want to sit with me? Oh, my goodness. All right. So we have a fourth member for the podcast. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, what's the total? How many dogs do we have at Territorio de Zaguatas? I refuse to keep an exact count because
1: then I probably wouldn't be able to sleep at night. I know it's over 2,000. I'm sure Maria Fernanda knows exactly. Um, Marifer, (laughs) ¿tiene idea exacta de cuántos perros hay? I see. all for the whole Fernando seems to think we're on. We've been able to place about two hundred dogs because she says we're about eighteen hundred. Oh, oh, okay,
0: that's good. So it fluctuates. It, oh, no, it does fluctuate.
1: Usually, it okay. goes down a bit and then up a huge amount, and then right. down a bit and then a big hike up. Mm-hmm. Definitely, there's still many more dogs coming in than
2: than leaving.
1: But as long as some are finding a home, that's, that's yeah. we're happy. We're happy. And the others, yeah. if the others can live their life out here and they're happy, mm-hmm. we've done our job then.
0: Do you find that the pandemic has played a role in the increase of animals being surrendered? <coughs> we found,
1: yes, at the beginning, a lot of people who were worried that they'd lose their job or had lost their job. The first thing they got rid of mm-hmm. was their pets. Wow. Um, And contrary to to what happened in many, many other countries, at least I've heard, it wasn't like now that people were sort of trapped in their homes, they wanted to share their space with a a dog. It didn't happen that way here. Mm. So yes, we've been getting much, much more dogs. But in any case, I think it would happen anyways, pandemic or no pandemic, because... Unless really unless we get behind <laughs> I was wondering what was knocking. Unless we get behind spaying and neutering all the dogs on the street it's it's just gonna be a never ending cycle of find one, bring him here, find another, bring him back.
3: Well and that's the whole premise when we asked how we could help, that's what this clinic was for. It's a spay spay and neuter clinic. It's a spay and neuter clinic. And it's already operational, right?
1: Oh, yes. We've we've done well over 500 dogs here already. Wow. That's amazing. And in here. And um, at the beginning, we were working without electricity. Now we have electricity and water and everything we need. And we've started, we've been able to start getting people to just bring us the dog, people who own dogs, but they haven't been able to spay or neuter them because their situation, their economic situation isn't the best. It's like, bring mm-hmm. them over when, well, when the doctor's up here and we'll get them done for you.
2: Right.
1: Which is the ultimate goal of this place. Just bring me a dog, whatever dog, and we'll spay it, neuter it. And it'll be one less dog
3: having babies.
2: Right.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Control your friends. Okay. <laughs> I go to the
3: He's good. He's good. I got him. <laughs> um, but that's interesting. So you, the, because it's something that I think with ball beautiful as we've traveled around the world, we've seen it, is a, it's not a problem unique to Costa Rica. No. No. It's a problem that's a pandemic to some degree that's worldwide. That's a pandemic. Um, or dog demic, where I, I, it just seems like there's homeless dogs that need attention everywhere. Um, and it, it really strikes us c- close to home because when we think about the history of dogs, we brought them in to be our best friend. Exactly. We bred them. We, we, we create, invented dogs. We invented dogs. We
1: invented dogs. And
3: then somewhere along the line, being the stewards of the relationship, as, as a race, humans, forgot um, that we created this problem. And now it just seems like now it's the dogs that are suffering and being abandoned and needing help so desperately. Um, and so the solution to you, is it 100% in spay and neuter?
1: Look, spay and neuter is. It, it doesn't only fix the number problem, which is the biggest problem. I mean, one dog, like like the two dogs I showed you at the beginning, mom and daughter. We yeah. brought them in. They were both pregnant at the same time. The daughter was six months old. The mom was a year and a half old, maybe a year old. And they were both pregnant at the same time. So in a matter of a week, we had 11 dogs from one of them and six or seven from the Mm. other. So all of a sudden, two dogs become a huge number of dogs. And it keeps happening every six months if you don't do it. So then you have all these dogs on the street that are suffering because nobody should live on a street. No creature is safe, happy, or secure on a street. Mm-hmm. And then you have people who get used to seeing these dogs running around hungry, scared, sick, and it becomes part of the background. So you're killing something inside a person if you're if you're breeding this person to be an an unfeeling human being. And it it happens. It happens all the time. They become... You become blind to the plight of these animals. And as you said, yes, we invented dogs. And then we just turned our back on them. And we know for sure if the foot was on the other paw, if the shoe was on the other paw, Mm -hmm. you know that they would give their lives they would surrender their lives and whatever they had to surrender if they had to protect us and we can't even do the minimum for them it's not it's not fair it's not balanced it's not right and it's and if we can't find a home for every single dog out there which is impossible and if we can't guarantee food for every dog that's out there and that's also impossible then we have to stop dogs being born.
0: Hello, friends. I hope you're enjoying this episode right now. Just a reminder, if you're getting a lot of value, it would mean so much to us if you just click that subscribe and follow button. It truly helps our podcast rise at the top of the charts and helps us continue to do what we do. All our love to you. Thank you.
1: The moment a dog becomes rare, then... People will want that dog Mm -hmm. because it's like, I'm not going to find another one. Look, that one's on the street. Doesn't have a collar, doesn't have a tag. I'm going to get it because where else am I going to get a free dog? Mm -hmm. But until that happens, we're just going to have more and more dogs feeling lost, feeling abandoned, feeling Mm
2: -hmm.
1: scared. Right, nothing.
0: And do you think that a solution to that as well lies in education? Like educating people? You have to educate people.
1: its I've said it many times that most of the suffering that animals have to go through luckily has nothing to do with violence or evil itself. We can't count out that there are a few monsters out there. But most of the suffering Rio, who's scared because his owner just dropped him off two days ago, doesn't know what's going on, this guy who's, who's epileptic, this other guy who's, she's got skin issues, this comes from ignorance, not from evil. Mm. Ignorance, the sad thing is, is ignorance is fixed, evil not so much, but But it's not
3: happening. But there's far more ignorance than evil. Right, and, and I think ignorance um, with a little bit of exposure, maybe we can it help can, exactly. shift it into consciousness and awareness. And I think that's one of the reasons that we've always held what you do um, to such a champion level because you're at the tip of the spear. Yes. And this is, a, this, is, this is a worldwide problem. And as much as you know, cutting off the pipeline of dogs being born at the exponential rate they are, is key. I mean, it's if, it, it's a human problem more than a dog it's problem. It's a human problem, and so yeah, being able to support you, who's cleaning up the mess that the humans have created, and who's not even cleaning it up but being the custodian, you know, being holding like you've been holding fort here for how
2: many years? How have many you years been have you been here? This, yeah.
3: I don't know, six.
1: Well, twenty something since I first started right. at home.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Here, easily sixteen. 17 I don't know wow. I'm not even t- counting i don't know's it's been it's been a long long well 2000, 2004 we were already we already had about 80 dogs up here
2: That's just wow. and from that's,
0: that. that's just incredible like how do you my question is how do you take care of 2,000 dogs like well, you they're not you know, you guys are off leash. You're no kill. That, like, let's how do you
3: really emphasize that off of leash that. Yeah. and no kill? That's almost unheard uh-huh. of. Yeah. Like, if you say that to someone in Western society, they'll say it's impossible. They still say
1: it's impossible. Right. They still say it's impossible. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> and um, and for the longest time, when I kept, kept asking myself that question, why can't we have a dog? farm full of dogs everybody said no it's impossible you have to have them caged in but you know how do we take care of it we we just we okay we spay and neuter them mm-hmm. we feed them we we vaccinate them we try to keep them healthy and the rest they do themselves i don't know they do have to be looked after they they're they're like like kindergarten kids so Mm -hmm. when they get bored they start acting up and they need to be reminded that's not the proper behavior Mm -hmm. but they kind of teach each other how to behave and and what's okay and what's not okay and what's acceptable and what isn't Um, we may have had a good seedling I don't know maybe the first Few hundred, eight hundred, no, hundred or eighty, no, no, eight, not eight hundred, eighty or a hundred dogs that we brought up had lived at home with me wow. for about a year or two or more. Some had been with me for more. So I don't know if they started teaching the rest mm-hmm. and they just sort of, they've been passing on this information, but you see it in the new dogs in dogs that have been surrendered because they were aggressive in dogs that have a history of being problematic. At the beginning, you walk them with a, with a muzzle and on a leash and with a few of the dogs and you see them sort of slowly decompressing and sort of reprogramming themselves and all of a sudden you can take the muzzle off. It's it's a matter of a week or two mm-hmm. and they're walking around with the rest That's of them. Amazing. It's amazing. It's not us. It's mm-hmm. them. They know. They know how to behave.
0: But you guys do have a system to where, like, like how do you feed them? Like, how do you feed 2,000 dogs?
1: Like, you feed goats, actually. Um, there's, there's this, it's about 80 meters of cement troughs. Mm-hmm. And we just empty out eight sacks, eight thirty 30 kilo sacks at the beginning. And most of the dog... Along those 80 meters, and um, the first dogs are obviously the stronger ones, the bigger ones, the most outgoing ones. Mm-hmm. And then we just keep filling it and filling it and filling it till the first ones are not interested and then they leave room for the next. And we just do 25 sacks more or less of those 30 kilos until we've got enough left over that nobody's really coming up for, and then we still see. The shyest ones are the oldest ones that come mm-hmm. and nibble. And then we get the first ones coming down for thirds or seconds. And, <laughs> but it's, it's one way that we can make sure that they all
2: yeah.
1: ate till they were content. And um, our system is that. I mean, that's our, our feeding. Mm-hmm. That's how we feed them. But is that, for one, example,
3: is that once a day, twice a day? Once a day. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: They, they can eat <laughs> till they're full. They can eat till they puke. But that's their their once a day. And then, of course, the first thing we're trying to do when we get them, if they're healthy enough, is get them spayed or neutered, which is gonna help with the behavior anyways. Um, We have to vaccinate them once a year, which means separating them and... It takes about a week to do that, so we have to separate them and mark them and this Mm -hmm. has been done and... um, anytime we have something sort of really wrong with one of the dogs we have to bring him down for x-rays or that sort of thing but um we have live-in staff that actually looks after the dogs and they're amazing guys
3: mm-hmm. i
1: know they're amazing guys and they'll 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 notice when one of them is not eating as much or is limping or it's amazing i mean just because they live with them right the guys live on premises so these are their, their four-legged
0: siblings, mm-hmm. and um, would you say they're like the alpha, like the guys that the live guys here? The guys are the alpha. Yeah. We have
1: really we have bossy dogs, but we don't have alpha dogs mm-hmm. at all. So
0: that's how you kind of control the fighting, right? Because it's dogs. Exactly.
1: Dogs can't do well, that's how they communicate. Most of the right. time, they snap at each other or, or growl, or they have to let the other dogs know that they're in their space or they're. But um, usually, it's 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 yelling is enough to sort of
2: mm-hmm.
1: sort of break uh, break whatever hostility was building. If it gets past that for any reason, and that could be because one of them found a bone or they're protecting something, a stick then we might need the guys to come in and sort of focus on that one or two of the guys Mm -hmm. and then the others since the other guys are the alphas they just all they have to do is run off in different directions and their dogs will run off behind them and it won't escalate so it becomes easier Mm -hmm. to manage and it is manageable
3: i've seen it Many times we've been here, and yeah. it's almost like you have like a team of Caesar Milan's.
0: Like <laughs> that's how it feels to put like, it yeah.
3: into like the Western culture. Kind of yeah. how do, how does that work? And I mean, anytime time I explain it to someone, I'm like, it's like there's just a, a whole bunch of like the the in yeah. staff, and they can just go like, ah, uh huh, and just make a noise, and uh-huh. whatever's going on, the yeah. dogs just. It's like sorry. Like, it's it's yeah. incredible to see, and it's yeah, they know no. I don't know, and so how many people? If how many people are living, and what is the staff total? Like.
1: Well, basically, it's don't let the dogs know that that's not accepted mm-hmm. here. We know. I mean, you can warn your buddy that it's wrong, but that's it. Yeah. So we tell them, I mean, yell and they see us. So they go, oh, OK, so that's OK. Mm-hmm. So they get used to the hey. And um, and the dogs also get used to it because it's funny, even the new dogs if they get into a little argument when we yell the older dogs that are used to it will stop and the new dog is like what just happened here and it'll learn it learns to react to that it's like oops nope, nope, i messed up okay sorry and it works it works of course it's a lot more work for the humans Mm -hmm. sure you've got to be alert 24-7, these guys have to live here. It's not as easy as tending to a bunch of cages where you just get the dog out, put him in the next one, clean mm-hmm. that cage, put him back in, you have a paper there, I don't know, you keep a record of the dog, it's not that easy. Mm-hmm. But I never started this to make it easy for humans. Yeah. It's, it's, it's for the dogs, mm-hmm. and if it's harder for us, well, We created this, so we might as well just deal with it. Yeah. So how many (laughs)
3: many people live here?
1: I'm happier when we have five to eight people. But since pandemic, it's been harder because a lot of these people, uh, these guys are not Costa Rican. Ninety nine percent of our staff is Nicaraguan. They're up for the work and they and and they make. They make three, four times as much as they make per hour mm. in their country. So they've right. been able to sort of save their money here, go back home and do something with mm. that and, 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 and improve their lives or their families. So we always have a staff, we have a group of them that come, they work a few months and then they go and do something with their money and then another group comes in. Mm. It's usually their their relatives or their neighbors And then when this group is ready to get go, the other group comes up. Mm -hmm. But with pandemic, it wasn't so it wasn't that easy. A Mm -hmm. lot of them left because they lost their parents and they couldn't come back. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of them left and just couldn't come back. It was hard for them to come back. So we're really short staffed right now. We're still short staffed. Mm -hmm. And um, do you take volunteers it's hard mm-hmm. because volunteers first, if they're from abroad, they don't have. We can't offer them a place, a decent place to stay, and then local people are not. I mean, it's not easy to do what you what we do here and do it well. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 kind of risky to have somebody, a newbie, come in and not do the. It's either going to be a problem for the person or for the dog. Mm-hmm. So it's not, no, we need people who already know how to do it. And, um, and um, so we're short-staffed and we, we can't really pay eight people right now because pandemic, is, it's, it's been hard on everyone and donations have also been coming in slower. So we got to sort of slow the pace. Ideally, Eight people can do the job very mm-hmm. well. And a lot of people ask us, H- what's your maximum um, dog capacity? Mm-hmm. If I could hire as many people as necessary, we, we have the room to have 10,000 dogs here. But, but I'd have to hire a lot of people to do the work. And it's not... Yeah. It's not the case
0: and also hiring people like it's not just anybody off the street that can come in and, no. and be an alpha no. right and we've had excellent
1: workers yeah. strong focused good at what they do but they don't connect with the dogs mm. and and you can tell you mm-hmm. can tell when a dog is not connecting with a human being and the dog just doesn't want to be with that person yeah. and we can't afford that yeah. we cannot afford that I rather have a eh okay workers that are liked by the dogs, mm-hmm. even if they take three times as long to do their work, then have a very efficient worker that doesn't mm-hmm. click
3: with the dogs. Yeah. That's and so we dealt with some food. We dealt with vaccines. Yeah. There's spay, spay and neutering. Yeah. And now we have this wonderful clinic. Yeah. Thanks to everybody. Yeah. Um, what what about um, you were gonna ask about the exercise? For the like, dogs, yeah, for the dog. Yeah. I mean, it's all—it's free range, so I imagine they can. They, the mobility option is but there. But they
1: don't, unless unless the humans move. They usually they're <laughs> yes. as they're as lazy as most of the dogs everyone has at home. <laughs> <laughs> the moment somebody walks, they're walking. They're up and excited, and they want to go places. So they're the ones that hang around the guys that are working on the field and 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 maybe cutting the grass or. Checking the pipelines; those are always on the go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if they don't have a per- if their person isn't here, they'll be lounging. We try to sort of walk either the short walk or the long walk at least once every day. Mm-hmm. If it's raining, it gets a little trickier because the not all dogs want to go, and it becomes kind of quick
3: and slippery. Do you still do the hikes for, like, to, are people still able to? That was, like, a huge feature. Of...
1: Until we open officially again, which we've had to go to court for, mm. um, we can't do it. It's, this is private property, so, if, so if, it, if I can bring somebody up on a weekend, which is when I can come up here because I work during the week, if I can bring somebody up here during the weekend, I'll bring them. Mm-hmm. but i can't officially say i'm open until we get the permits wow. and the permits depend on everything being done it's almost done we we still have to work on the bathrooms and uh, the roof for the for the for
3: the isolation area, and I think that's basically it. Because, yeah, you used to... used. To, but that's how we heard about you. Yeah. Yes. There's some big internet viral videos, and um, we heard you did weekend hikes. Yeah. That's and,
0: actually how we first met. I think we came
2: on yes, a hike. Yes, we
1: came on a hike. Yeah. And yeah. that's what we want to do because that's our way of educating people on the reality of the problem. Mm-hmm. Right. And not only on how many... Homeless dogs they are that th- we have, because a lot of people can 't picture the problem until they come here and they see hundreds of dogs and you go, "Oh, and these are only I, I turned down uh, two hundred dogs a day, maybe mm-hmm. we have two, people who want to surrender their dogs because they 're moving people who or people who just know the horrible case, and we can 't take it because it 's out in the boonies and if somebody can bring it, we'll take it, but, so, we'd have so many more dogs, and people, just sometimes, they can't wrap their head around it, so coming here, and seeing them, does that, it shows them that there is, a real problem, that, everybody can help with, if, mm-hmm. if you, if you can't adopt, that's fine, but, how, try and spare or neuter a dog, mm-hmm. if you can't,
3: then at least tell somebody
1: how important it is for them to do it. Con-
3: contributing to the conversation. I mean, I, I, it's, hard, it's a hard thing. It's a social stigma, I think, still mm-hmm. to this day. It's, it's but when somebody mentions that they're going to get a dog, and then you're like, oh, that's amazing. Where are you getting it? Or What, what dog? What's your plan? And they're like, oh, well, I have a breeder over here. Uh-huh. And like, can we talk about breeders for a second? Cause sure. The fact oh, that happily. people are still paying Buying money dogs. to yeah. buy dogs that m- more humans are forcing to be created under a certain circumstance. Well, we have places everywhere, all over the world that have thousands, hundreds of, th- millions of dogs that are in desperate need of a home. Like,
1: and And we know we'll never find a home. And these breeders, okay, let me backtrack a bit. Okay, so I have nothing against breeds. I have a lot against breeders not all because i know certain breeders are responsible breeders and they actually go out of their way to make sure that they keep the bloodlines intact and and they bring in dogs from other parts of the world to make sure that you're not breeding re- relatives and but that takes a lot of money
2: mm-hmm. and it takes
1: a lot of control right not The breeder's not going to control that part if it it has to be an external entity that makes sure that you are actually doing what you're supposed to be doing. Down here, that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Down here, we have... Whoever wants to breed a dog can breed it. Nobody's checking on the health of the dogs. Nobody's checking on... Uh, even the lines of the dogs, we we, there's a breeder here who has, he's putting out um, Bernese, uh, Bern- uh, the, the huge... Bern- oh,
0: Bernese dogs, the,
1: right? mm-hmm. Bern- yeah, yeah, the ones, yeah, the, yeah. the huge ones, which are the most noble dogs in the world. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with his founding male. And most of his dogs are very aggressive. So mm-hmm. you don't want one of those dogs. Well, mm-hmm. But what about adopt, don't shop? The problem is you also have to educate people. First, you have to educate people on, and it's amazing. It seems like a very obvious truth, but people want something. They want a dog that looks like something. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Why don't you adopt, for example, why don't you adopt... um, why don't you adopt a French bulldog? Because there are no French bulldogs here for adoption. Because nobody's taking the French bulldogs that are being mistreated or misbred from the breeders. So you're not gonna find your dream dog unless you buy it. But I think if people knew what you're doing, what you're contributing mm-hmm. to when you buy a dog, if you really knew if it was that obvious not not just obvious enough for you to choose whether you want to ignore that truth or actually want to act on it but obvious enough for the whole the whole society to the point where you'd kind of look bad walking down the street with a Mm. breed dog yeah. we know what you did right. you paid a human being to produce that dog when 10 are dying on the street we know what you did mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: but it's we're not there yet no not there yet and unless there's a lot of education enforced or I don't know it's not going to happen again not all breeders are bad but you can't say it's okay to breed a dog but you're not doing anything to control the problem Mm -hmm. Mm
3: -hmm. on the streets i think i just have a really hard time with the idea of bringing more dogs into the world when there's so many, like purposely doing it for a profit when you're here struggling to to pay for the food and to pay for the expenses and to pay for everything that goes on with cleaning up the problem and they're facilitating a purchase which could easily substitute as an adoption Mm-hmm. And it's based on a vanity. It's based on it's like vanity, yes. Yeah. It's based on oh I want this the little dog. dog that looks exactly like this or the perfect breed this. But it's like every one of these dogs has a heart
1: and, and has a kindness
3: yeah. and has love.
1: And you know that when they've come from from dark places, from dark Yeah. When they're when they've lived through the sadness, they are so grateful, so, m- all dogs are wonderful, but a dog that's had really to s- mm-hmm. just survive right. and finally feels safe in your arms is a different animal mm-hmm. altogether than that's the one that just was born, fed, and handed to another mm-hmm. human being.
0: One thing that they actually do have in North America, and I've seen that in Canada and America, is something called Pet Finder. I if you've ever heard of that. But it's a website that you can go on. And so let's say you had something like, okay, I really want a golden retriever. Like I really want this type of dog. You can actually go and you can select golden retriever and it puts a radius of like, okay, 100, 20, 200 kilometers away from me. And it'll give you all different types of wow. dogs, puppies, adult dogs from different rescues, from different... Wow. Organizations that might have that dog or maybe a mix of that dog. So that's something I think for anyone listening and watching this as well. It's like, okay, if you're ready to commit to a dog, but you are really in love with a particular type. Find one the needs yeah. to
1: be rescued and they're, they're out there. I'd say not here because... Mm-hmm. Maybe someone needs to implement something like that in Costa Rica. Of course, right? but we yeah. have, and we have to start by taking the dogs from the breeders. Right. But yeah. how do you take a dog... When there's no, somebody's He's
2: s- snoring. dreaming, yeah. Is snoring, <laughs> uh,
1: snoring or dreaming, um, both <laughs> the little puppy. If I take a dog from you, it's because you are not complying with a set of rules, if that doesn't exist, how can I take a dog from you? Yeah. Right. How can I say you are not a fit breeder? Bring these dogs over, and we've seen. I've seen dogs put in bird cages with their vocal cords cut, and the breeder. Because I was, I was, I was. um, We were doing something undercover, and I was posing as this, um, the wife of somebody who was buying. um, Mm -hmm. They wanted to buy um, new stock for their for their business. And this lady was so, so proud of herself and saying, you know, a lot of can you hear anything? And I was going, no. I was going, of course, because I cut their, well, I have a really good vet do it. And I do it the right way. Because if you, most people just do it when they're three months old.
2: Oh, my God. And they'll
1: grow back. You have to do it at three months, at six months, and at nine months. And that way, wow. they never grow back. Of course, she needs dogs. She needs Completely mute dogs because she has... She had a wall of tiny little bird cages full with Shih Tzus and mini palms and all kinds of tiny little dogs.
0: That's terrible. And,
1: and she had a permit from
0: senasa
3: we're, She we're, had a
0: government permit for it.
3: In Costa Rica here.
0: Yet they can't give you a permit. Oh, no. Like, no, I, I, can we talk about this oh. issue as well? Like the... The, the resistance, resistance. Like I remember the first time we met you. Like we did the campaign, remember for the fencing yes, because you had neighbors giving you issues.
3: Well, they were what were they? They were sneaking over at night and poisoning. They, they your were dogs? poisoning
1: our dogs. They were poisoning wow. our dogs. And I guarantee, if these were some fancy breed, they would leave us alone. But the fact that they are strays. Mm. um is that stigma. It's the same stigma. It's like, ugh, it's a mountain full of strays. Mm. It's a mountain full of dogs. Yes, beautiful dogs. Exactly. Um, But we had people coming in. We still have resistance. And we have very important groups who would benefit from us not being here and not having this project. Mainly because this, and this is my theory, but it it makes a lot of sense. This farm has its own water and it has a lot of water. And we've been very careful um, to not cut down trees, to let trees grow back. This used to be a a dairy farm. So a lot of trees were cut down for that purpose, but not as many as the ones around us. And so we've let everything grow back. We st- and we got good water here. And all the other farms don't.
2: Mm. Wow.
1: So this is a very valuable piece of land, and I think a lot of people believe that if it wasn't for the dogs, I'd have no real use for the farm. And they might be right, but the dogs are always gonna be here, so. <laughs> but, um, so a lot of people didn't want us here because I think they wanted they had plans for this place. It's been my grandfather's. It, it's been in my family for 80 years, wow. more or less.
0: That's amazing.
1: My great, it, it's, it's been here for a long, long time. So that's kind of the resistance. The government doesn't like us because we don't do things the way they want us to do. Although there's no strict regulation, all they can think of is shelters. Yeah, shelters mean a bunch of cages and you manage them, it's not our problem, it's yours. And so from the very beginning when I said, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, then don't call it a shelter. Don't call it a shelter if you don't, if if this, if what I have can't be considered a shelter for, on your part, then don't call it a shelter, call it whatever you want. But this is private property, I am not gonna cage these dogs because I know a lot of these dogs will never get adopted, so it it would mean they'd be living in cages for the rest of their lives. And um, and I'm just not gonna do it. So, of course, that rubbed them the wrong way Mm. from the beginning. The fact that by having all these dogs here and by posting that we brought 30 in from Limong and that we're bringing this one in that's in heat and that we've spayed and neutered X amount of dogs already, and Albert is very vocal about about denouncing that the government's not doing
3: anything
1: mm-hmm. to stop the problem,
3: um so is it that you're like pointing out the blemish? yes, and they so don't
1: like that they don't like it mm-hmm. at all, but, it's like
3: because you'd think I mean, the Costa Rican government has a really beautiful reputation around the world for those that talk about, you know, the green aspect, the first country to ever go green and the ban on
0: hunting, the banning of hunting and and the
3: zoos and things like that. You'd imagine that they would maybe see some sort of value in the parallel ethics to not, not just even supporting what you're doing, but building things like this to what you just said, parallel ethics. The thing is,
1: and I'm not going to um, undermine the other efforts they truly, Costa Rica truly has done a lot of work and has put a lot of effort towards protecting um, nature, but it seems, and that's the stigma. I mean, Mm -hmm. if it doesn't have a colorful beak, if it doesn't have beautiful feathers, if it's not a sloth, if it's not a cougar, if it's not endangered, It's, what, is it not worthy of protection? Because dogs are also animals that need help. Mm -hmm. But it's like, nope, um, that's not a problem right now. It's not a priority right now. Then when is it going to be a priority? Are we going to let it get so out of hand that the only solution is going to be what other more developed countries have done, which is just collect the dogs and euthanize them? Is Mm -hmm. that that how you're going to control it? Are you going to let it get that out of control so that that's your excuse to, hey, we're going to fix it, but that's going to be the way we fix it? No, so that's why we have to not only bring awareness, but we always, we have to constantly be pointing out Mm -hmm. the government's apathy. right? Because it makes it harder for them to say, hey, Geez, we have a problem here. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to step in and solve it. Yeah, we've been telling you you have a problem for years now. So don't act surprised. You could have fixed it somehow, some other way. Don't come. Don't come with those ideas. Right.
3: Well, what's interesting too, because the more you seem to point it out, the more they don't. The more they don't support you in your endeavors. Like the fact that we had to engage in building a glass clinic yeah what is okay. that about? Can you talk about yeah. the glass <laughs> clinic
1: yeah a lot of people think it's like just vanity to- yeah. <laughs> no when we the reason we needed this clinic is because yes our main goal is to be able to spay and neuter as anyone's dog just bring it and we'll do it but also we need to spay and neuter dogs every day here. It's, I mean, we there's not a day that goes by without a new dog coming in. Wow. And 99% of them have not been spayed or neutered. So, um, we we need to do easily 60 dogs a week. We used to be able to get vets to come up and do it. We Set up a little tent, like most Mm -hmm. places, and the vet would come and get, knock out 80 dogs. Mm -hmm. It's not free. We get charged a very decent uh, fee, but it was fine. We could do it. No. Then the board of veterinarians stood in and said, nope, nope, you can't do that. No, no. Because... You can only spay and neuter an animal if, it, if you do it in, in the right conditions, which are, oh, you have to have a roof and walls. Okay, and at the time, <laughs> at the time, um, we only had a dark little place up there, which is, wasn't good enough, and um, so we had to bust the dogs down. We had to rent, not rent, but hire somebody with, usually zonjon, with a great big truck, a cattle yeah. truck, and we have to put dogs in individual kennels and bring down 60 or 80 dogs to get spayed or neutered yeah. at wherever our vet could get um, permission for. This is, I mean, that that added, easily 200,000 colonists to the operation, mm-hmm. which could have been 20, 30 other dogs, but mm-hmm. that that money had to go to the transport. So it became more and more necessary that we had to do something here. When we said, okay, we're going to build our own up here so we don't have to truck the do- dogs down, they said yes. They'll keep in mind that you have to have three, do- three doctors at... at at all time what do you mean three doctors Mm -hmm. yeah because there's a pre-op the op and the post-op and there has to be a doctor supervising each of those stages and i kept trying to think
3: back to see if i'd ever seen that anywhere else and Mm -hmm. really so so it's some kind of condition they applied to your permitting yeah so
1: um you've got to have three doctors at all time okay so we just did the numbers, and we couldn't. I mean, we we had for us to get to be to be able to pay ten thousand colones for each dog we spay. That's aside from whatever the vet is charging us mm-hmm. to come up here. Three vets, it's not gonna it's not gonna fly. Right. So Alberto just <laughs> he thought, huh? So they need to be. They need to be supervised by a vet at all times. Okay. So if I build this out of glass, and we have the vet in the center, she can perfectly, perfectly well um, supervise the pre-op and the post-op. And they basically had no argument against it. it <laughs> yeah. Like, um,
0: so you found a way to get around so this crazy found. Yeah. Events. And it
1: turned out to be a beautiful place. So it's it's not only... Our way of going, ah, ha, ha but it's all, it also turned out to be a really nice place to hang around in. Yeah. And no. Doctors who come up, it's like, oh, I wish I could work here all the time. It's like, oh,
3: if you could, don't charge me anything, you can. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it feels like you're in the jungle in here. It's You're, surrounded by the jungle. And you're
1: floating, and it's yeah.
3: it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It really, really beautiful. Well, I mean that that's that's really interesting. It's just it's so crazy that. The problem has so many facets. Like, yes. there's so much bureaucratic nonsense. There's so much resistance to the problem admitting it, 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 it themselves, and then there's so much resistance to people trying to fix the problem. And like, I, I, and then there's the problem itself, which are the dogs and the struggle and having to turn dogs away. Like, it's an endless cycle of, of, of symptoms. Yes. Um, for something in its totality that, I mean. It, It's a like, it's, it's a compassionate, it's a knife in the, in, into, into the heart. Hello friends. I just wanted to say if you are enjoying stars and destruct and you want to be notified about new episodes, new opportunities, special offers, all kinds of stuff. You can stay directly in touch with us by signing up to the mailing list in the link below for star walkers only. All right. Check it out. Sign up and back to the episode. How do you, how do you keep yourself balanced through all this?
1: they do that you know when i when i come up and i'm sick and tired of humanity and i've just had to very gently explain to somebody that um that her 17 year old dog should not be surrendered just because her daughter got a puppy and she can't have two dogs. And when you've tried to tell her that that 17 year old dog does not know another life, which isn't her home and her people, and that it's not fair that she has to lose that because somebody Mm -hmm. bought or got given a puppy, and you know that she's still gonna bring her over. And really, and you feel like. Yeah, that's what we feel like. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> Franco, Franco. <laughs> 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 Just contributing, contributing yep. to hey, Franco. the effort.
1: Just, <laughs> We know.
0: No. <laughs> um,
1: all you have to do is sort of s- set step set foot in here. and these guys, who've had it much harder, yeah. who are still struggling to recover from whatever somebody did to them, they just run down and they jump up and they just want to give you love and, and they show you and show you that they're happy to see you. And all of a sudden whatever is bad about the world outside is sort of less important. And really, it is less important, but sometimes it's overwhelming. Of course. Of course yeah.
0: it is. Especially, like, what, not just those kinds of stories, but the cruelty that you see that people do. Even today, like, that doggie you were showing me that's in your car right now that that's going to have its leg amputated because of somebody's cruelty. Like, how do you sleep at night, Leah? Like, that's difficult, right? It's...
1: It's awful, and sometimes I've 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 asked. Sometimes I've asked friends. Yeah. To uh, it's it's like don't tag me on problems that I can't fix. Right. Um, if you can take that dog away from the person who's hurting it, but I can't.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Legally, I can't. So I don't want to know what's happening because then I can't fix it. I just know it's happening, and it's. It's painful. Um, yeah. You know You know what's hard? And I keep going over and over and over it again. It's helped me also put things into perspective. <sighs> Sometimes you see these characters on the street. And they look shady. And you go, oh, and you kind of walk faster. Or you mm-hmm. cross over to the other side just you, you, you feel that there's something wrong with them just because they look kind of uh, off mm-hmm. the energy you know of it. but the woman who did that to the dogs in my car a, a poor a poor little stray whose biggest crime was probably to not be cute enough to be picked up by somebody or tolerated by somebody just ordinary yellow long gangly dog Um, the only place he could sort of find protection from the rain these days was a little roof over somebody's gate and the woman didn't like that and she had already sort of I don't know if she'd thrown water on him or whatever but he'd eventually come back and curl up trying to get out of the rain that's it That's, that's his crime not having a home And, um, she just decided that she would roll the gate over its leg. It's terrible. And now he has to be amputated because she destroyed his leg. But this person is a teacher. This woman is somebody you would be sitting next to on a bus at church, for sure. She goes to church, um you probably bump into her in a supermarket. And these people have it in them to do that. Yeah. So who's really, who's out there, who's more dangerous? Mm-hmm. A person who's actually had to suffer through rejection and probably a bunch of bad decisions and shows it on his skin?
0: Probably not. Hmm. Hmm. Probably not.
3: So. It's really interesting.
0: But, but so you mentioned, you know, going through and having to see this and deal with terrible human beings like that. The dogs is what gives you your mm-hmm. strength. Is there anything else that you do, like, for your, for yourself personally to just, like, fill up your heart to, to keep going, to do what you're doing? Well,
1: every day I also have to remind myself that these people, who really are the only things that... <laughs> can overwhelm me now. We all make mistakes. Hmm. Just as they can forgive all the mistakes and all the pain that they've been subject to by people, and they forgive, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: wholeheartedly they forgive, kind of rubs, rubs off on you. So you're really angry at these people, but getting to the point where you can say, They'll just, if if I can't teach them, they'll just have to learn, and it's their problem. Mm -hmm. I can't carry their problem. This is my way of dealing with their problem,
3: which is the dogs. And giving love to them.
1: I give love to them, and I really follow their example and try to not keep the bad part of that person alive in me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to carry that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to carry that.
3: You have such a magnificent heart.
2: Yes, yeah, mm. it um, unbelievable, crazy.
3: Well, so far, you've forgiven breeders and found a way to justify what they do in a very noble and forgiving way, where I can't. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, I can't, I just can't support breeders. I can't support the idea, the concept, anything like that. And yeah. now you've shown that you have so much compassion that. The ones that cause the problems that you clean up, you have forgiveness for and th- and that's such a that's such a noble character trait um that I need to take a lesson from mm. because I find it really hard to imagine that that school teacher deserves my forgiveness um, but you're right, she does because we all make mistakes. It's just we hope that the mistakes we make. Aren't that size aren't yeah. going to affect another being. And yeah. so what's fascinating to me is you've you've got a very deep connection. And I recognize this deep connection and this is why I think we all became such fast friends mm-hmm. between the the life of an animal and what the value that you put on that and the and and the empathy and the love that you give towards it and the kindness and the dedication. Um I find it so admirable and and it's 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 a quality that I think I learn from every time I'm with you. Um, Thank you. <laughs> but so how, like, how, I, I, I want to, how can you, like, what advice can you give to people like myself and people at home watching that have such a hard time? I get compassion fatigue all the time because it, yeah. there's so, It instead of the love, I find the frustration and the anger and the, the hopelessness at times and the darkness. What can you say to people like me that, have a hard time finding the forgiveness. Which, when you can't find the forgiveness, you can't keep going.
1: That's just why you have to find the forgiveness. Because there there aren't enough people doing it. A lot of people, I think we all carry hurt and wounds that haven't healed and we don't all know how to manage it I mean I, I, I for sure probably hurt people's feelings without even knowing and, and, and not meaning um, and people who do things like this teacher for sure have lived through ugliness themselves mm-hmm. me I mean, I I know what they did. I know what they do. But keeping that alive as a memory is overwhelming and will end up, I don't know, sucking the life out of you. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Sucking the will out of you.
2: Right.
1: And everybody... Everybody has his good side. I'm sure there's a lot of kids that have learned things from this teacher who are going to grow up to be wonderful people. You, it, it's an effort both ways. It's an effort to be very angry at somebody and remember why you're angry at that person. <laughs> and it's also an effort to try and find the other angle. Uh, I, maybe one of my... My biggest lessons, I remember I used to go to, um, to see a very important person in my life. It was a very old, older man and he was in jail. And I'd go every Sunday and he was protected. Protected because he was in a jail where mixed with all kinds of other people. And he was protected by this huge, huge guy who would give him the shirt off his back, literally, who made sure he had a cot to sleep on because he was older. He, he shouldn't sleep on the floor. So he made sure he could... This guy had killed 18 people and was a bank robber. Wow. But, so, of course, you think everybody in a jail is there because they are socially... Yeah, probably. But this guy who brought pain and darkness and suffering to 18 families at least, had enough love for someone to take care of them. So it's like everybody has a bunch of angles. I can try to focus on one or try to focus on another.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, it's their pro- They mm-hmm. need to learn something. Right. Most people are not ready for you to teach them. They have to learn on their own. So basically what you can do is sort of work with the collateral damage that they're causing, hope they find their way, this life or the next one, and karma will do her job. Mm -hmm. Um, And just focus on the positive.
0: I love that. You're focusing on the light versus the darkness, right? And I think that's something that can be applied to so many levels is when people experience trauma and whether that is personal trauma or trauma that you see that was done to another being and that's hurting you through their experience that you can live in that moment and just keep letting that darkness haunt you or you can focus your attention on the light and the light, that's what's going to get you through it.
1: When you're trapped in a cave, all you're looking for is a little bit of light because that means that's the way out. And as long as you can follow that light, there's hope. That's
2: hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm.
1: So... So these are your it? light. These are my light. <laughs> these are my little light. These, yeah. are, these are little beams that were broken off by somebody. And I have the honor and the, the happiness to enjoy them.
0: That's so beautiful.
3: I mean, that's so profound. Yeah. I really think there's some... There's deep wisdom and value in all of us, just like taking that little lesson, Mm -hmm. focusing, because you said it, it takes effort to be angry Mm -hmm. and it takes effort to forgive. Um, And across all facets of life, whether it's for something someone did to a dog or something someone did to you, because we all want to focus on being the victim and and putting the energy into holding on to that negativity. Why not... mm -hmm readminister that energy towards letting it go. And, and I
1: think it, it's easier said than done, but it no, but it, you have to work on it.
3: Right. And it's I think in in my life for me I've learned to forgive so many people and yoga's really shown me a lot of that like the our practice and our and the journey that we've been through and and you know looking back at my life and all the people that have that I felt so wronged by. And I've been able to I think in a lot of ways like hold the truth of that relationship and maybe the instance that, that separated us that I would felt so victimized by. I've been able to look at the relationship before that and focus on the good things that I had with those people. But it's funny because I always had a block between me and someone doing something to an animal. Yes. yes. And, and, and that's, it, it seems so like such a bigger bridge for me to cross. It is a huge bridge. It's, and it is a bigger bridge. It's,
1: you kind of understand how people may have problems and how people may be i don't know hurt by other people at yeah. the same level right but you don't understand how somebody can Ex- can hurt this and 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 yeah. you can't sometimes you
2: yeah
1: it's not a matter of understanding because it's not something you can understand because right. there's nothing in the world that will justify taking whatever Rage is in you and taking it out on an
3: animal. Mm-hmm. Nothing justifies it, because it's innocence. It's well, like exactly. it's,
0: it's got nothing but love.
1: Nothing to get, but, but love.
3: to children and animals. Yeah. I mean, there's like there's a beautiful parallel because they can both teach us so much.
1: Mm-hmm. And and to me, it's the same. Yeah, it's yeah. the same. It's like so. It is a huge bridge. In fact, what a human being does to another human being is very much their problem. It mm-hmm. only hurts me when it's. This mm-hmm. way.
2: yeah
1: It only shocks you when it's done to an animal or to a kid,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: right? Um, but that's why it's so important to sort of keep whatever light you have in you yeah. bright enough to be able to do this
0: yeah.
1: for them, <laughs> for whoever needs it. It's...
0: And then keep spreading your message. And letting people know that you're here doing this because it's important for people to know that not everybody can start a sanctuary like this, you know, a rescue like this. Even though we all want to, but the reality of it, this is, you know, Very you mentioned hard. you you have another job that yeah. What do you do? On?
1: I I prepare kids <laughs> for for SAT, for GMAT, for GRE. So usually I do the language part of. Mm getting the kids um into universities out abroad mm-hmm. and it started it i actually for the longest time all i did was i i worked with alvaro when we had our our stores mm-hmm. and i'd just just be his companion and do the shopping and do the stuff and and it was a very easy very nice life and when i started rescuing dogs i decided
2: hmm
1: i don't want I want Alvaro, although it was sort of everybody's money. It wasn't just sort of Alvaro's money and my money. But I felt since this was my wacky idea, I should bring in the money for the food. So I started working with this company many, many, maybe 18 years ago. Half, it was just, I could, I could, I could dedicate two, three hours a day, and then,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that was enough for the dogs we had. At home, and then it just got bigger and bigger and and the job had to become almost a full-time job and um, so now i I have to work all week in order to make sure because it's not it's not like I can pay everything with my job, my, my yeah. job at all, but at least whatever expenses. Our mine are covered by my job and not mm-hmm. by their um, yeah. income. So mm-hmm. it's, I don't see them as much as I like. I don't enjoy them as much as I like because I'm working. Mm-hmm. But it's the way I have to do things in order to
0: So you're self-funding a lot of the operations that's happening. Here. As
1: much as like, I mean, I have very my my needs are so basic. Um, So whatever, after I've paid the rent on my tiny little place and I've bought whatever food, which isn't much, um, the rest goes to paying vets or helping out on the Mm -hmm. food or whatever, whatever they need.
0: Hello friends. We really hope that you're enjoying Leah's story right now.
3: If you are, she can always use your help. That's Mm -hmm. the key to episodes like this. These are the karmic episodes. So if you could take a minute, just one second, and go into the show notes, into the links, check out Territorio de Yes,
0: you can donate, you can sponsor a dog, you can send them supplies. There's so many ways that you can help these animals in need and help Leah continue to do what she does. And they
3: need your help.
2: Yes. All right.
3: back to the episode. It helps me whenever we see you doing this because we go off in our life afterwards Mm -hmm. and we, you know, we get so wrapped up in so many things that matter so much to us. And although we forget that this is happening anytime we think about it we know you're here and we know that your team is here and these dogs are here and that goodness is being cultivated and love is being given Mm -hmm. and i think like if there's a if there's something i can say to anyone watching it's to if you can't help by committing your entire life in a way that you have um, consistent support monetarily and to the conversation and Mm -hmm. to know that At any point, there's people out there doing good things that they should be doing. Like, good people doing good things. Yes. And we, as the ones that have other things that take up our life, have to, like, I think it's an obligation to support, to contribute. And so, with that, I mean, any way that any people can donate money where I think we ran, a, we ran a fundraiser asking people to send supplies. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll put a little, um, like an address, your you address. You guys
0: also offer on your website like a way to sponsor certain dogs, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you can, we have certain amounts that'll cover certain
1: um, needs for uh-huh. the dogs, like vets, or and you can sponsor them. Um, yeah, we have, we have something set up on our, on our it's, it's, I think it's pretty user-friendly, Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is. I'm not sure. the it most is. technological person. <laughs> We've been on I your don't...
0: website; it's very user friendly. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Sponsored dogs. I mean, because what I like about there's the no kill aspect
2: mm-hmm.
3: means these are zaguates. Yep. Can you tell everyone what a zaguates
1: is? Zaguate is actually some native tongue here, which I don't. I'm not even going to try and <laughs> <laughs> remember, but it's. I think it's something, the word is something like saguatl, and it actually means mange. Mm. So, saguate is what people called a mangy dog that nobody wanted. Right. So, for a long time, uh, really, I'm sure it still is for a lot of people, saguate is almost kind of a nasty word. Right. But it shouldn't be i mean they're the greatest dogs in the world mm-hmm. they're they're survivors they're they come from survivors and they're they've been mixed by destiny to to come up with the strongest and best natured
3: dogs well, and and they're here and given refuge. Yes. so re- And the refuge and the sanctuary aspect of it means you said it once already in this conversation they're not all going to get adopted. No. So,
1: For some this is their forever home. This is yeah. the only home they'll know. Some have not, some have come in as puppies and they have grown old here and nobody has wanted them. It hurts me to say it because i feel they all deserve a home. but it's nobody's fault. No, 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 but I mean it's it's uh, when i say nobody's wanted them i'm not really trying to say no. nobody's no, I, it's 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 a dog that was born and i witnessed him go through an entire life without a family.
3: Yeah. But but, but the, he
1: had he, he had this place.
3: Exactly. He has a family. You've I given them the gift yes. of a family and the gift of a home. And that's
1: that's that's, that's that's what keeps me going keeps yeah. me going every day when I see these dogs and I go I remember when he was a little puppy <laughs> and I can still I mean he, and I can see him rolling down in the grass and I can and sometimes we have to we have to watch them go
2: yeah.
1: and at least you know They came into this world and they had some fun before they left. And
0: they had love. And they had love. That's the one thing that you see. Like every single dog that we see in this place is happy. And they have friends. And And they're in a beautiful community. And the people are here to give them love and safety. And that's what's important. Maybe, yes, not all of them are going to find a family. But something that they have found from the minute they walk through those gates is love and compassion and friendship and you know they're they're
1: enough for all of us here they're they're
0: beautiful and another thing like it's so amazing to just remember what you said early and that really struck a chord with me is it's one thing to get a dog but when you rescue a dog there's like this loyalty and this gratitude that they have in their heart for that person
1: It's different. And that's
0: so special to think about. And I hope, and you know, people that are listening to this and watching this, it's like if they're ready for a family addition, like the idea of actually giving a second chance of a family life to a dog would change their whole world. And that's such a beautiful service to a living being. They
2: are. Mm. They are.
1: I just keep telling people, yeah, it's they would do the same for us if they had to
2: yeah.
1: and um, just the fact that you could do something for them not only are you going to be granted the honor of sharing time on this earth with a very special creature but that creature is going to make you feel very special as well
2: mm-hmm.
1: and
0: sometimes we all need
1: to feel special about something
0: yeah And that unconditional love, especially in a world right now where there's a lot of loneliness that people are experiencing, you know, with division and so much political things happening right now, right? Everywhere in the world, that it's like when you can bring just this being that will give you unconditional love, that is such amazing support. Through this difficult yeah. time in our life, yeah. you know.
3: In a, in a teacher, I think. Yeah, they are teachers. They're mm-hmm. such teachers, like yeah, little
0: gurus. Yeah. <laughs> you know,
3: people always. There's a whole thing about like when people are unhappy in their life, and they're like, "I just don't have a purpose." Mm-hmm. And you know, I've heard a lot of coaches and people say, "Well, the first thing you should do is just go and be of service, right? Mm-hmm. Go give yourself." A service and a purpose and then the universe starts to align together and I think maybe a great suggestion for that first step you can do is go adopt a dog yeah. and then all of a sudden you, you'll have not just a, a purpose for giving love but you'll receive 10 yes. times mm-hmm. of what you're giving yes prince when when we got prince um I mean he was in a dog fighting network as a puppy, all of the Rottweilers above him were dog fighters in Toronto. We had to drive to Jane and Finch in Toronto, which is a notorious intersection like the um, worst for place. like the the thug yeah. location <laughs> we're of like, Toronto. Where are we going? Like if anyone ever says oh yeah something about Jane and Finch, everyone's like eee. Like, and <laughs> okay. so I, I, we had to go to like a, a grocery store parking lot and meet a bunch of gangsters who so we
0: could get so dog. we could get
3: Prince. And yeah. he was um, he was messed up from the beginning. Like he was he was abused. And he was troublesome. And to and, actually
0: the very last day, he never got over his trauma to a point where he could be kind to all humans. And right. he was
3: loved by you. But he, he and was, through the struggle mm-hmm. that we went through to try to figure out the combination, we believed we could unlock his trauma. Like, we totally believed it. But we, like... And that he could one day just be a family dog and like love every, but that would never happen. But that was our lesson to learn. But the lessons mm. he taught us about teamwork mm. and about loyalty about and about love. companionship, yeah. about love. Patience. Of, it, yeah. it, on yeah. it, like he was the greatest teacher in our life. And we actually, when it comes down to it, we can credit Boho Beautiful, the existence of Boho Beautiful to Prince. Wow. Because we got him at a time when we were like, oh, we'd love a dog. But we were so wrapped up in our own lives and in all the crap we were doing in Toronto that his demand that we have to step out of all the noise and focus on him and love wow. and teamwork and go and, outside. And go outside nature. because he had so much pent up energy. Yeah. It was a five kilometer walk. A day, wow. or he would tear our house apart. Wow. <laughs> but and at that it,
0: time, we lived in like a tiny apartment. Yeah, we lived city. in like, and we had this little. So b- it was like, and we had this Rottweiler. And so we were out twice a day, just wow. like but, walking. But and in like those moments, actually connecting to ourselves at the same time. Because, and con-
3: yeah. And connecting to nature yeah. and connecting to compassion, connecting to so much else that it, in those empty moments that we weren't all wrapped up in our own like drive of whatever our Toronto life was. It allowed us to start thinking for the first time and thinking about things that mattered.
0: And it inspired to start creating what we've created. And something you probably didn't even notice
1: you were doing, but you were choosing resilience. It's easy to give up on a dog
0: Yeah.
1: that's difficult. It's oh, wow. easy. So is it's easy to give up on anything that's being difficult.
0: We had but so many people tell us, like, you need to put this dog down. Oh my goodness. Like, how many people told us? I, I could count. And
1: we're not doing it. You come out yeah. so much stronger mm-hmm. and wiser. And it's as if the universe is is giving back for mm-hmm. the effort you're putting into he, that little bent.
3: He <laughs> wasn't the dog we wanted, but he was the dog that you we needed. needed. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Yes. And it's brought so much so much to our existence that when it comes to someone saying i don't know what to do with my life i'm miserable like go get a dog, <laughs> get a dog. like literally go adopt a dog or a cat or, or even a, any adopt any another mm-hmm. life for you to care for mm-hmm. that gives you a purpose because when you have a purpose the universe will align mm-hmm. and we had no yeah. idea what was going to happen to us absolutely from after we adopted prince and at times we almost gave him up i'm sure we the hard ethic. moments,
0: for sure. They we were morally We played
3: like... the, the the what the hands and like look and weighed the scales and these four hours a day that we're giving to this dog. What else could we like? Imagine what else we could become. It was all so self-centered. Like what, what else, how many books we could read and courses <laughs> we could take and, and all the things. But then in the end, the course of what he gave to I I it's, can't talk about it enough.
1: It's like, what it's what you had to go through,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know. People in different religions, but there's always there's always beings and companions and call them angels or whatever you want. People are willing to believe in these entities that are put on earth to protect, guide, inspire, whatever. And it's almost, to me, it's very... It's hard, hard to understand how people are willing to believe in that, but can't see that Mm -hmm. same purpose and guidance and inspiration from these little ones who I think are the true (laughs) flesh and bone angels. Mm -hmm. They don't have wings. They have They have tails They have ticks <laughs> They have fleas They have bad breath <laughs> And they shed But these are If you give them the chance These are those little beings That are yeah. there put put in front of us By the universe To help us grow It's amazing It's amazing,
2: amazing.
3: Wow well, That's a beautiful note Yeah A beautiful note to maybe wrap all of this up (laughs) thank Um, you
0: Leah, thank you for everything that you do um, for your your heart, for your compassion, for your energy and you know, I just hope that people can, can see and hear about you and your efforts and whether they support you or other organizations out there, people matter. like yourself, as long as they can see that everyone can do something. And everyone. maybe not start a rescue. If that can't, you can't allow that in your life. You can contribute to it. You can donate. You can adopt. You, you can, can contribute support. to the conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You
1: can be supportive. You yeah. can... Everything. Anything you're doing um, to support. Prayers. Yeah. That's, that's support. hmm
3: Every act of kindness exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. is just as easy. Like, it will cause a ripple, and you'll exact. never know. Exact. And actually, Lek, she runs this elephant nature park in Thailand. Mm-hmm. And we worked with them on, on some... On a, 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 trying to save an elephant with her. She gave us the most amazing quote that I think we live by a lot when we see an animal in need it's like you can't change the world because the world this whole problem as we've recognized in this conversation is overwhelming and possibly unsolvable so you can't change the world but you can change the world of that animal exactly
0: mm-hmm.
3: and to and that's me that's
0: what we have to focus on that's
3: exactly. what we have to focus yeah. on
0: yeah. exactly mm-hmm.
1: focus, focus on this. that mm-hmm. stay healthy stay happy <laughs>
3: <laughs> so guys if there, we'll put some links mm-hmm. at the bottom of all of the the places that we publish this here little mm-hmm. podcast. Yes. And anything you can do to support Leah, um, or to just, if not directly there, just take a moment when you see an animal or someone or anything in need, an act of kindness. I think that really, you know, that little effort can mean so much to somebody else.
0: Mm-hmm. Create those ripples. All Love. Right. <laughs> thank you, Leah. Thank you, guys, <laughs> and thank
1: you to all the community of mm-hmm. in honor of mm-hmm. it it is an honor to have all those names here
3: it really it really is amazing
0: and that's a wrap
3: that's a wrap <laughs>
0: <laughs> we really hope you guys enjoy this episode today
3: and if you did leah needs your support we said it earlier in the episode
0: but you can go and donate you can sponsor a dog you can just share her mission on your social media anything you can really really helps her
3: that is why we do these karma episodes here on stars instruct and we're going to keep doing them because we would love to inspire you to inspire others to help her on her mission because it's so important
0: and if you did find value in this episode today you can also help us out by clicking that subscribe button the follow button maybe leave a comment even or a review that would
2: mean so much to us thank you guys for being here
3: we'll see you on the next episode